0: Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Freedom, freedom, Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Freedom. You are listening to The flip side with Noah Filipiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grit of life. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Noah Filipiak or at noahfilippiak.com slash give. What up, what up? Flip upon a mai. Welcome to episode... 56 of the Flipside Podcast. There is no Chase Stancil with me today. I know. I know. You, you're you crushed. You're disappointed. You're let down. Because I told you last episode that Chase and I would be co-hosting several episodes together. Well, I, I fired Chase. He, he did not do a good enough job last time. He did not live up to the hype, so I fired him. He's done, forever. Just kidding, joking. No, actually, Chase is on vacation this week for his anniversary, which is awesome. And look, it's been a month. It's been a month since there's been a Flipside episode. And I will use the same legitimate excuse that I've been using, church planting. Woo, church planting is no joke. So. I've been a little preoccupied with church planting, but I have not forgotten about you. Flip side, flip upon a mind. You, know, you know, you remember episode 50, we do have over five hours of Noah's rant. So if you ever are longing for a flip side episode, you keep hitting refresh minute after minute after minute on your, your podcast app and nothing comes up. You can always go back to the well that never runs dry, which is episode 50, five hours of Noah's Rant. I I cannot vouch for the quality of that episode, but I can vouch for its length, its longevity. So, welcome. Chase will be back. Uh, Chase will be with me next episode. We'll be co hosting again, diving into some deep topics. Feel free to email the show podcast at beyondthebattle.net if there's anything that you want Chase and I to interact about. We have one really good one waiting. So last episode we Chase and I talked about gentrification and redlining. If you don't know what those things are, you for sure need to go listen to episode 55 to get up to speed and educated on those things. Uh, So uh, we have one piece of mail in the mailbox asking us about the lightning rod buzzword in at least uh, the evangelical world when it relates to politics and race, critical race theory. So uh, I, I responded to that several episodes ago via the mailbag and was a little i think i was a little less clear on what it was and what the what the what the what do you call it what the the resistance to it was now i'm a little more clear and so yeah chase and i if chase dares uh we're gonna jump in uh to that so uh yeah so that's what's been going on what i want to talk about today is this idea of being human—that you are human. I am human. You are human. So, before we jump into that, uh, I want to ask a couple things. One, if you like the flip side, uh, thank you. Uh, can you jump onto iTunes and leave a review? It helps other people find the podcast. It gives it a little bit of legitimacy as well. In uh, if I'm asking a guest to come on the show, they can see how many reviews are there and that sort of thing. So right now, there's not very many reviews. Uh, there's much more listeners than there are reviews. So if you could hop onto iTunes and leave a review, I'll try to leave a note in the sh- a link in the show notes of how like to get you directly to that spot uh, to leave a review. Same goes for Beyond the Battle. If you're a reader of Beyond the Battle, if you're a fan of Beyond the Battle, if you can hop on Amazon and Goodreads are the two I think most traffic places, uh, and just leave a review. That would be that would be great. Same thing. Just gives the book some legitimacy, uh, helps other readers find it. That would be a huge favor. If you woke up this morning saying, you know what? I want to do Noah a favor. I want to do, he, he, he gives, he, he does so much for me. He gives me a Noah's rant at least once a month, (laughs) even though he promises it will be twice a month. At least once a month, I have Noah's rant to get me through the month to get me to the next month. I want to pay him back. I want to pay it forward. I want to pay him back. Really? You're not paying it forward. You're paying it back because you're you're paying it back to me. Uh, I, I, I'm going to leave a review. I'm going to leave a review on iTunes and uh, Amazon or Goodreads. That would be splendid and fantastic. Before we jump in to our topic of the day on being human, I need to take a long, delicious drink of my Angry Brew coffee. One moment. There we go. Now I'm ready. Angry Brew is a... Faithful sponsor of the flip side of which I'm very appreciative. Go to angrybrew.com or five Pick up a bag of Angry Brew or Chris's Blend to uh, use the promo code FLIP, and you will get ten percent off your order. And using that promo code also helps us out here at the flip side. So thanks to Angry Brew. Now, why am I talking about being human? today. Well, it ties into church planting and you know with church planting it just comes with a lot of ups and downs. It comes with a lot of risk and there's reward to that risk. It's really cool and exciting to see growth, to see fruit, to see God working in people's lives and you go, "Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad I took that risk." Along the way, there's a lot of First of all, there is a lot of anxiety because you you wonder what's going to happen. We we're setting up this event. Is anybody going to show up? You know all that kind of stuff. Uh, but there is a lot of disappointment. There is a lot of letdown. There is a lot of oh, I was depending on this person, and now, you know they they they've they've kind of gone radio silent. I, or, you know they didn't they didn't show up. They didn't they. You know, I thought they were going to be a part of this, and they're not. You do an event, and, and you expect there to be a certain amount of people there, and there's not. Those people don't show up. And I lived this in my first church plant in Lansing. So, I, And I was super young, didn't really know what I was doing. We had a very small launch team. Launch team is the team you gather before you go public, kind of public services, grand opening stuff. And we were small. We struggled size-wise. And I struggled with that internally. I felt like a failure. Uh the the church planting textbook said we would have, you know, 100 you should have 150 at your your grand opening uh or 200 at your grand opening and then the next week it will be smaller, maybe 100 and then you'll grow, you know, up from there. I mean, we had 50 at our launch day and that was mostly friends from other churches just coming to support the next week we had 18 people. We had 18 people at week two, and <laughs> you talk about critical mass, which is the amount of people you need in a room at a restaurant. Critical mass would be the amount of people needed where it feels like, oh yeah, there's this is a decent place to eat. If you show up to a restaurant, uh, a lunch place at noon, or a dinner place at six o'clock, and there's only one other car in the parking lot, it doesn't matter how good the food is. You're thinking something's wrong with this place. right? If you if you walk in and there's only one other person eating and you're there during prime meal hours, you go, yeah, I'm probably not going to eat here. Or it's really uncomfortable just being inside because that's not what you're supposed to be feeling. So that's what I mean by, by not having critical mass. And so, man, I, I, I struggled. I, I remember I had a prayer team and I would send them updates and, and I and I was unintentionally sort of embellishing things. I was unintentionally not telling the full truth because I I, I didn't want them to think I was a failure. Uh, people are financially supporting me. People are financially supporting me again. And I want you know you you're gonna send in a, a generous commitment of a monthly a monthly amount to to me as a missionary. I want to report in fruit. I I want you to see that lost souls are coming to know Jesus because of this fruit. And it was really convicting one day. What I was embellishing was the numbers. I I decided I wasn't going to count how many people were there. And so I just guessed. I guessed. Again, I was was 23. I was uh, really disillusioned with the whole numbers thing about church. But I also was obsessed with it. And so because of that, I didn't count how many people were there. Uh, we we had critical mass, it felt like, the first week. So I remember writing to them and telling them we had 90 because it felt like 90. But when we had the, the second week came and we had 18, well, there, there ain't no way of embellishing that. Right? There, there's there's no way. Uh, that, that doesn't feel like 90. It doesn't feel like 70. It feels like 18 because it is 18. When when you can count the amount of people there using your fingers and your toes, uh it, it is the amount of people that it is. And I and I remember that was the, that was the week, week 2 that I was convicted that I must have lied about how many people were there because I kind of did the 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 math in my head and went, "Well, if this is what 18 looks like, there's no way last week was 90." And I kind of mentally, you know, multiplied the amount of people in the room last week with this week and figured out it was more close closer to 50. And I wrote a letter to my prayer team and, and just asked for their forgiveness and, and was vulnerable with them on what was going on, you know, in my heart. So now it's round two and, and I'm not 23. I'm 38. Uh, I've done this before. I've experienced these emotions before, but man, I, I forget. I, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what these emotions felt like. I've had three ACL surgeries Uh, The last one, it was so 2009, 10, and 12. It was back to back to back. Three ACL surgeries in four years. Uh, It's about a year. uh, What's it called? Rehab. It's about a year rehab to get fully sports-related back to 100%. If I I were to tear my ACL, please, Lord, don't let me tear my ACL, knocking on wood. Uh, If I were to tear it again uh, in 2021... Almost ten years uh, since my last one. I I don't remember how bad those surgeries were. They were bad. I don't remember how bad that recovery was. It was bad. If I were to tear again, I would. I would. I would remember. I would experience it again. So it can. It feels a little bit like that with church planting, where I forgot about the emotional weight that goes with this. The emotional uncertainty that goes along with this. So this last Sunday, we did an event. It was called our Vision Night. And we're trying to, uh, we have about 18 people right now on our launch team. So, hey, there you go. We're starting. <laughs> we're about, uh, our grand opening isn't until April. So hopefully we can beat the 18 that I had in week two of uh, of the church plant in Lansing. But right now we have 18 uh, with my denomination, I have to be at 30. I have to be at 30 people on my launch team to get my funding, to get my funding for the church plan. I'm doing a lot of support raising, as you know. Uh, In fact, I've offered to you as listeners to support me, and uh, some of you have, and I greatly, greatly appreciate that. So if you listen to the podcast and and you go, I want to free Noah, up to be able to do this inner city multi ethnic ministry uh, and to continue to do the podcast. I'm I'm going part time at the church so I can do writing and speaking and podcasting and things like that. Uh, you can hop on to Podbean.com/slash Noah Flippyak and you can do a a small Podbean is for small uh, small financial amounts per month to to give support and uh, you can also hop on Mosaic gr.org. That's the church website, mosaicgr.org. And you can go to our give site and you can give there. I'm asking for people to give monthly uh, for three years to support me and the staff, multi-ethnic staff of mine uh, as missionaries, which you can do. So that's just a, a a little rabbit trail about support. But back to my needing 30 people to get a significant uh, significant number significant financial number of support from uh, the denomination I'm planting with I need 30 people on my launch team and so the plan was uh, we have 18 right now we've had two launch team meetings the 18 are kind of the early adopters people I've been building you know relationships with for months and months and months and we are doing the vision night now And I told them you know this is a thing to bring your friends to people have friends they want to get jumping in on this so my goal was to double the launch team to have Forty to sixty people at this event, and we'll have a response card, and we'll go from eighteen to thirty-six because a good portion of those people are going to like what we're talking about. They're going to check the box on the response card. So the event's a lot of work. I don't have a staff, and it's just a lot of little things that take up time, take up you know my whole my whole week, two weeks. I worked all weekend, uh, just prepping stuff like handouts and and response cards and powerpoints and going to FedEx office and getting stuff printed and getting sidewalk A-frame signs made and you know all that kind of stuff. And so it's the day of the event plus plus food, you know, setting up a spread of food and and uh just, you know, all the 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 shopping and coordinating and and uh, getting worship leader and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. So so we're there at the event. I'm, I'm kind of anxious at the event itself. We we get there, and I'm, I'm kind of running a little bit late because I've got my kids that I had to get ready, and we had to drive and pack up the car with all this stuff. And so I'm already feeling kind of anxious, and I, th- I, I think I was putting off, like, a little bit of an anxious vibe to my team, which I apologize for in the moment, you know. Uh, but I, I also don't think others realize – I've been huffing and puffing on this thing all day since the moment I woke up. And so there's that element of it, right? And then uh, as the time got closer to the time of the event, 5 o'clock, nobody was showing up. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, I hope somebody shows up. And so I tell our worship leader, you know, don't start right at 5 or f- we're going to start at 5.05. Let's just wait, you know, let's wait for some late people to show up. So we started at 5.15, and, you know a handful of people showed up it was not the 40 to 60 that i was hoping for we had our launch team there and then we had uh another about 11 about 11 people that came uh to to check this out you know these were friends of people on our launch team some friends of mine so uh we we i would say with our launch team included we just barely hit that critical mass number and i would say it wasn't until we started worship, music, a few more people trickled in, and then it felt like critical mass. <laughs> and so uh, there was that element of it. And then we do the response cards, and um, there was one of the, you know, the checkbox was I want to join the launch team. And then there was some other checkboxes on there. And it wasn't not until I took, I took the next day off, Monday, and I wasn't going to look at anything because I was really spent. Uh, and then Tuesday morning, I went through the cards. And that's usually the feeling of y- 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 the the feeling of reward, the reward for the hard work. And it's gonna be going through these cards. And I know we're not gonna double our launch team because we didn't have enough people there to do that. But here we go. Here's the reward. Here's where we're gonna see all the people joining our launch team. And I'm going through the response cards, and uh, only one person checked the box to join. Uh, the launch team, and, and even for them, they have some complications. <laughs> There's some complications because, uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, I can I, I can say this because, uh, oh, anyway, they have some. They 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 are employed at another church, so I don't know. It's almost like zero. Join the launch team, if that makes sense. Uh, so so anyway, it was like zero to one. Join the launch team, and I'm going oh i mean i'm really discouraged just emotionally i'm really really discouraged because we put all this energy i put all this energy into this and there's another component of it that i need this funding from our denomination i need to get to 30 on our launch team and i thought this event was going to be it the intent of this event was going to to be it to get us to that number so I am discouraged and I'm just feeling emotion. I'm feeling the emotion of a, a lot of adrenaline that that had built up then the 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 needed rest from that and then the anticipation of here's here's the reward. Like let, let's open up the box and find out what's inside and there's nothing inside. And going or at least you know not what I anticipated, not what I expected inside. And the the human emotion of, oh, the letdown of that. And then also some fear, some fear around what about what about the finances? What about this funding that that I need for for my salary and the salaries of uh, some staff that we have? and just going through all that. And so, you know this is a I, I knew this wasn't something I could just. Think myself out of this wasn't something I could just coach myself out of. So I texted uh, several friends and mentors and just asked for prayer. Told them what was going on, what I was feeling, and you know this 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 really this 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 wasn't as I'm I'm not setting this up in a way uh, that that this person hurt me or harmed me or I don't think said anything wrong. But there was there was one response from a uh, a friend. And it was it was very well intended and loving, and the, and they said you know some loving nice things, but but ultimately they wanted to remind me, and this is a very true statement, this is a very true truth. Uh, they wanted to remind me that my identity was not in the church plant that that, and and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't I don't remember the exact details of it, but but the feel of this truth that. My identity is not in how many people show up to this church. Uh, my identity is in, is in Jesus, it, and it's in God's love for me, and that the Father loves me very, very much, uh, still. And and He just wanted to remind me of that. And w- what what hit me was this. So so let me just say that's very true. And <clears throat> I've done several uh, entire podcast episodes on that one thing you know fill in the blank of what your thing is for me right now it's church planting uh you know in other 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 days it's been how many books I've sold or how many people listen to this podcast or whatever so now it's it's this church plant and how many people show up and I absolutely need to be reminded that my identity is in Christ and and not in in this uh, in this church plant but the the way I the the timing of that, It, 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 the, the way it hit me was I'm not allowed to be human. I'm not allowed to just have emotion. So, so, and a lot of that, again, is the way I perceived it. Uh, I, I know that this person's a super close, dear, dear friend and person in my life. So I know if we were sitting together over coffee, they, they, they would, they would wholeheartedly agree with everything I'm saying right now on the podcast about feeling and emotion. But this is just the 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 way of texting, right? This is what we get with texting. This sort of this truncated, you know, one one meaning sort of thing that was in this text. So so, but I I felt like as as I went I went to God with this, and I talked to another friend uh, uh, that the next day that I was praying with, and I really. I really want, here's what God has taught me this week. And I. this is what I want you to hear from God as well on this episode. You are human and it is okay to have a human response to events in, in life. It is okay to have emotion and to feel emotion. You know, the Bible talks about, mourning with those who mourn. The Bible talks about lamenting a lot. It talks about grief and grieving things that happen. And I think what what happens often in the church, I don't think, I know what happens often in the church is we tell ourselves and those in our churches that a mature Christian, doesn't feel emotion so when a disappointing event happens whatever that disappointing event is you you need to remember your identity in christ and that you're fully loved by god and so when zero people join your launch team and you really needed to double it in order to you know and, and again this is sort of in my it's is uh catastrophic thinking in my mind it's not that it's not that because zero people joined the launch team on our vision night that the church is going to fail and i'm never going to get this funding but there is a legitimate sense of fear of huh i got to provide for my family and this was supposed to be the way that we got that funding that that to be a mature christian you have to be so overflowing with the joy and the warmth of the love of God and feeling it so much in every moment that when zero people join your launch team you have to say yes woohoo zero people join i put in all that work and i and i and i tried so hard and had this expectation to get this funding and provide for my family and to our church plant to take this next step and and actually nothing happened we got we got zero out of the deal praise god god loves me i am his son in whom he is well pleased and i rejoice and joy and i'm going to throw a big party right now and, and have a, a big, uh, you know, spiritual dance worship in front of God, praising him for the zero people on the response team. Uh, on the response card for, for joining and, and you know, I can talk about that a little bit sarcastically Because at the end of the day You and I know that it's not the end of the world That zero people joined uh, on that night in the, in, in the scheme of things, it is a small event That frankly, uh, a year or two or five from now uh, I won't even remember I won't remember this, this feeling But in the moment, those emotions are real In the moment, I'm dealing with anxiety, worry, depression Okay. So if it was uh, so, so, but you can imagine if it was a more, a more serious, um, uh, there, there's much more serious things that, that we could be dealing with. It could be a cancer diagnosis. It could be a death of a loved one. It could be any number of very, very serious things. Uh, it could be chronic unemployment, uh, chronic health issues. Right. And, and so, and so my point is, be, and again, I've I've literally written an entire book on 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 the idea of your identity in Christ being enough. The subtitle of Beyond the Battle is a man's guide to his identity in Christ in an oversexualized world. And so, yes, that that book goes in the direction of of what we want romantically and what we want relationally and what we want sexually, and that Jesus is enough. Uh, but even there you could have the same you could you can go the same direction so your your girlfriend just dumped you or your your wife walked out on you or is divorcing you and or, or you know or your husband or or, or whatever it may be and it, it doesn't mean you you throw a party and again the whole that kind of tongue-in-cheek illustration i just gave throw a party and yay i I'm, I'm so loved by god i it's okay I don't I don't feel any negative feelings at all that my spouse is uh divorcing me uh you know no I mean we we, you are human and it is okay to feel human emotion. And and so uh, I, I want you to know that you are not a robot. God did not create you to be a robot. He created you to be a human. He did not create you to be a Martian. You are not from Mars. You are from earth. You are human. You also are not an angel. I don't know a lot about angels, but don't feel like being a mature Christian means you must be an angel, that you do not experience the gamut of human emotion. And what I felt from God this week, what he spoke to me in the midst of that lull, of that down, dark time, was his grace. His grace, not that made me feel better. Here's my grace, you know, now you'll feel better. It was the grace to be human. This is a part of the grace we get is that God knows we are human. I think of his disciples and all of the doubts that they had, all of the fears that they had. And yet God, Jesus specifically, never cast them out. He always time and time again uh, went back. He, he used them for his glory. He went back to them. Uh, he... He 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 challenged them but he he never said oh you're done you're not you're not going to be my disciple anymore i'm not going to build my church on you anymore peter because you've once again let me down with your human emotion of doubt of fear all of these things so part of the grace that we get in jesus is that he knows we are human now uh i i there's a couple of things I want to say here, so we'll see what order we go in. It, th- this doesn't mean you're human, so you can go sin a whole bunch. Uh, having emotion is not sin. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Emotion can lead to sin, and we'll get to that. But I think this is a this is really biblical. I I think we we look at these Bible stories as if people never had any fears uh there's there's bible verses we quote like philippians 4 verse 6 this is from paul and he says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus so we can you know read that and or hear a sermon on it and say well therefore you shouldn't be anxious because he paul just said it if you pray God will give you his peace and it'll guard your heart and your mind. So you should feel peace, not anxiety. Well, guess what? Paul, the very same person that just wrote that, also wrote this in 2 Corinthians 11 uh, verses 20. It starts really in, in verses 23 and ends in verse 29. He goes through all of the calamities that he has been through as an apostle. You can read it. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29. You know, he's been beaten, he's been lashed, he's been stoned, he's been shipwrecked, stoned as in stones thrown at him to kill him. (laughs) Uh, All this sort of thing, danger. And then he says in, which verse is it? 28. And apart from other things, I'm reading in the ESV here, uh, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches, so let me read that again. The same person who wrote Philippians four six, do not be anxious about anything, wrote in Second Corinthians eleven twenty eight. There is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all of the churches, and here's the thing: the NIV in Philippians four six tell, says. Uh, I'm sorry, the NIV in, in uh, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight 28 says, apart from my concern for all the churches, they don't use the word anxiety. That's not, a, that's not a good translation. It puts us on the wrong path because it's the same Greek word. Paul uses the same word in Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, that he uses in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. 28. There's daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. It's the same Greek word. It's anxiety in one place, it's anxiety in the other place. So the same guy that says don't be anxious about anything says, I'm anxious every single day, with a daily pressure on me for all of the churches. So when I as a church planter feel anxiety about my church plant daily, I don't need to go. Well, I'm 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 loved as a son. Uh, The Father loves me so much I shouldn't feel anxious. Or to go to Philippians 4, 6 and go, oh, don't be anxious, just pray and you'll have peace. Paul had anxiety every single day and pressure. He felt pressure. That's another one. Don't feel pressure as a pastor. Paul felt pressure every single day. I'm not saying it's cut and dry here. I'm not saying that this isn't a little bit confusing. I, what I'm saying is, to me, it's you put you have to put both of these verses on top of each other, and and I think we can say, I don't I don't have to feel anxiety because God is God, He is in control, and 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 He will give me His peace. But Paul <laughs> felt anxiety every single day as a human. I what I'm saying is, there's anxiety can be a natural, it can just be a natural response. To taking risks. It can be a natural response to the people and the things that we care about. If I don't care about you, I I can't feel anxiety for every person on the planet. I I would completely shut down and melt down. You can't feel anxiety. You can't grieve. You can't grieve for every death that happens on the earth. You can't you have you you do not have capacity to do that but i have a, a level of anxiety about the safety of my own children and I, I and of my own family and of my closest friends and of my inner circle of community and the people that are in my life there's a level of anxiety that i have for them i hope that they that they live i hope that they are healthy and if one of them is chronically ill my level of anxiety is going to go up And if one of them were to die, my level of grief would be off the charts if it was one of my children. And if it was a friend, it would depend on how close the friendship is, the more grief I'm going to feel in that moment. It is human to feel anxiety. Now listen, I'm somebody that goes to counseling. To, to deal with depression and anxiety. And there's there's unhealthy levels of this or there's levels where it can it can control our lives. But even in that, we need to not feel shame that we feel depressed or shame that we feel anxiety. Depression is not a sin. Anxiety is not a sin. They're part of being human and different humans respond differently to these different situations. And we do need help and counsel from a counselor and how to manage these emotions in a healthy way. But having the emotions is not a sin. Having the emotions is a part of being human. Now, we can go back to the sex and relationships example, like I talked about from Beyond the Battle, and, and it can help us understand the difference between the emotion and the sin. So, Attraction is not an emotion, but we're gonna use it as a metaphor here. So I, as a heterosexual straight guy, I feel attraction towards women that are not my wife. That is not a sin. The sin is when that attraction leads me into action. (laughs) When attraction leads to action. That becomes a sin. When, when attraction leads to a behavior, when I act on that attraction in a way that goes against God's command and design that sex is between a man and a woman within marriage. Now, I've crossed the threshold from attraction, which I do not have to feel bad about. Attraction is a part of being human. And I've talked about this in many episodes before, but for those that are gay, lesbian, bisexual. Others choose same sex attracted as their uh, I, as a way of identifying rather than using those other identifiers and that's that's fine. Uh, that attraction that you feel towards the same sex is also not a sin. You don't control the attraction. If you were choosing, to, to If you are going down that path intentionally, that's another story. But by and large, 99% and 100% of everyone that I've ever met, uh, of LGBT folks, in this case, LGB uh, folks, you are not choosing that attraction. That is a part of your human experience. And as we talked about many other times, the church has heaped on incredible amounts of shame to you for feeling that attraction some would say for being gay or for being same-sex attracted now just like in in my situation when that attraction leads to action when that attraction leads to a behavior and and any time that we would go against one of God's commands and design and in this specific case it's that sex is between a man and a woman within marriage when there's behavior that that attraction has led to now now we're in sin and it, again it's sin is sin and and that's when the discipleship process the sanctification process you know repentance and and um uh, Accountability and all the things needed for, for for any sin. This is obviously a very unique situation and scenario. But we're going okay. There's a but my point is there's there's a difference between uh, there's experiencing God's grace when it comes to being human. That is our attractions. That is our emotions. We do not control. And God says, "I know you're human. I, in fact, I created humans. <laughs> and yes, the fall happened." and things are not the way they were intended to be. And so things like depression, things like same-sex attraction, uh, we we don't know exactly what things were like before the fall, but it's, it's somewhat reasonable to deduce that these things are a part of the fall. But that doesn't mean that they're sinful, that my depression is not a sin. Now, my depression can lead me to sin. Yes, it can. Uh, my sexual attraction, to women that are not my wife can lead me to sin. And so there's a difference then. Uh, And and so when we talk about these emotions, let's say uh, anger is a good one. Whew, that's a, that's a, a really good one, right? It is not a sin to feel anger. In fact, it's human to feel anger. Only robots, maybe angels and maybe Martians who I've never met do not feel anger. Human beings feel angered. Uh, they, it, it's is then a matter of is that anger going to be something that leads me into sin? But the anger itself is not a sin. Some of the action and behavior that it would lead to would be, and so therefore, I'm at the top of the list of someone who needs counsel and help and how to regulate my anger, how how to coming up with strategies of what to do when my anger comes so that so that I can control it and uh, it doesn't control me. But I'm getting on several different rabbit trails here, which is not uncommon on the flip side. But my point to all of this, if you hear nothing else, it is that you are human. Don't beat yourself up for feeling human emotion. There's enough sin out there for us <laughs> that, that we beat ourselves up over. And, you know, and, and again, we that's a whole nother... I'm not saying beat yourself up over your sin either because you have grace and experience it and find it. But my point is, don't treat your emotions, and as a metaphor, your attractions, don't treat them like they are sins. They are not. In fact, they are natural. They are going to happen. It is okay to feel disappointed. I, was, I had this conversation this week with a close friend who has chronic health problems. They just had a scan done, and the scan visually showed one of these significant chronic health problems, and it showed that this thing is not getting better anytime soon, and they felt sad. You know the wrong thing to say to them in that moment? You know what, friend? You're a child of God. Don't be sad. Have joy. Have peace. God loves you so much. You, uh, you know, he, He's well pleased with you because of the gospel. Just remember the gospel. No, 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 no. No, what I said to them, and the proper response is it is okay to be sad. It is sad. It is sad that 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 part of you. And in this specific ailment, it takes away something that this person loves, something that this person is really good at, something that this person has made a huge part of their life vocationally and recreationally, and they are not able to do. And this scan showed that it's not getting better anytime soon. And I said, it is okay to be sad. It is okay to mourn that loss and to grieve that loss. And I'm sad with you. I want to mourn it with you. I want to grieve it with you. that That's all I said. In fact, I talked a little bit about you we're human, and that's okay. Just be human right now. Just be human. And so I want to share that with you. Whatever you're going through, I hope that's an encouragement to you and to know that God's with you in that, that Jesus came to earth as a human uh, to, to be human, that he knows exactly what it feels like to be human, that Jesus has experienced human emotion, human disappointment, human letdown. He's had people betray him. He knows the gamut of our emotions. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, uh, beautiful, beautiful passage. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Amen. That that's what we have in Jesus. There's one more thing I wanted to say. Uh, before I, before I close, before I got off of this, this subject of, of uh, being human. And that is don't believe the origin stories that are out there when it comes to churches. This is back to, so kind of, kind of going out of order here. This is back to the conversation about church planting. I, I know most of you listening, I recognize are not church planters. This is not a church planters podcast. Uh, But many of you attend churches. Most of you attend churches. Some of you might attend church plants. Maybe a few of you are church planters uh, or pastors. This applies to all pastors. Uh, I've already recommended The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. That's Mars Hill, Seattle, Mark Driscoll. Uh, Check that podcast out. The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill has a whole episode. It's, I think, the second episode, and it talks about origin stories. It talks about... Willow Creek Church's origin story with Bill Hybels. It talks about uh, Rick Warren, Saddleback Church's origin story, and of course, talks about Mars Hill Seattle, Mark Driscoll's origin story. And basically, it in a very investigative journalist sort of way just shows that these origin stories that you hear, they're just not true. They're embellished. They're not true. And uh, I was in a church planting class, you know, back in two thousand six where my professor said the same thing about, uh, I was in Grand Rapids and seminary about Mars Hill, Grand Rapids, Rob Bell. And there's these origin stories you hear. And it's, you know, it's essentially just like, God did this amazing thing. And next thing you know, there was 10,000 people. And and there, you know, and, and it was just so random. And and, and, and what we as humans do, and, and, and even as we hear the stories, we all go, oh yeah, it's because Rob Bell, Mark Driscoll, uh, Bill Hybels, Uh, Rick Warren. It's because they're such amazing personalities. It's because they're such gifted speakers. It's because they're so cool and hip. And so all these people came. And I will not get into the specifics of all four of those stories, but to know none of those stories are true. None of those stories actually are the way those church plants, uh, began and how they got all those people. All those people came from somewhere, uh, and, and, and again, different stories for, for each, but we tell these origin stories and the whole uh, episode two of that podcast is about why, why we need this origin story to believe in. But as a church planter, oh, those origin stories are so toxic. And we have them in smaller ways too, where you'll have people within your denomination across the state or whatever it may be. And you know this church plant it, it may not be nationally ren- renowned like those four that I mentioned, but they might be killing it at 500 people within their first year, and and you're you're me in Lansing with 30 people in your first year. And the denomination's going, they can do it, why can't you? And I can tell you a lot of reasons why, there, there's many demographic reasons why some churches have lots of people and, and some churches don't. And a lot of it has to do is if you're in a, a growing suburban area where people are moving into, a lot of it has to do is, was there a church in town that was a mega church that just blew up and doesn't exist anymore or shrunk a lot? all those people are going to come somewhere and you're like, wow, there's thousands of people at our church. Where do they, God is amazing. Well, yeah, the, the church across town that used to have 10,000 people and now they have 1,000 because of a scandal or because of uh, lead pastor leaving via a scandal or, you know, whatever it may be. Well, guess what? Those 9,000 people that left that church are going to go somewhere. There's so many other things uh, involved. Um, including even how churched the town even is that you're in. Uh, If you're in a very church town already or not, uh, sometimes that provides opportunity. A lot of people that don't go to church, but other times, frankly, uh, church, there's gonna be a lot of church people that aren't attending church that are gonna come to your church plant. And if you're in a a very uh, kind of secular um, uh, town, Nobody wants to go to a church plant. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care if your if your church plant's cool or you're cool or you think you're cool or whatever it may be. So don't believe those origin stories. Because when you go to do the work, you go, "Whoa, this is hard." I don't have a magic wand to get people to show up. This is really, really hard, hard work, and it's relational work, and it's deep work, and just to know that that's reality, and every single real church planter that I've talked to that I, and I know many of them uh, that is their story. And uh, we are no longer in the mid to late nineties or even probably late eighties when you could throw out any, you know, any church, if you had coffee and blue jeans and rock and roll music, you were 100% going to blow up in attendance because guess what? There weren't any, churches with hip coffee and blue jeans and rock and roll music and preachers that you know told jokes in their sermons that didn't exist well guess what that exists on every corner now and so don't think that you can hear those origin stories and you do that in your context and the same thing that happened in the mid 90s is going to happen in the early 2020s so uh that uh, again, not not the not the most cohesive conclusion to this 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 conversation about letting yourself be human. But I want to I want to wrap it up there. When it comes to church, when it comes to individuals, when it comes to you, know that it is okay to be human. And I want to encourage you to experience Jesus's grace for you in being human. That part of being human is you get to experience grace as a human. God does not expect you to be a robot. He does not expect you to be an angel or a Martian. He expects you to be a human and nothing more. All right, all right, all right. You hear the siren, you you, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. That siren, for those of you that are new, means that you're being warned. You're being warned like a siren is meant to do that all serious conversation is now over. So if you are listening to this podcast to grow spiritually, if you're a a mature person, a reasonable person, a sensible person, it is now time to turn off the podcast. Just consider this, the conclusion, the, the end music. End it, be done with it, and look forward to talking to you next time. For everyone else, though, uh, this is the sign that Noah's rant uh, is about to begin. There will be nothing but utter—let's be honest—stupidity this this point forward. If you listen, if you choose to continue to listen, and you and you go, that was the dumbest thing I ever heard. Why? That wasn't even funny. Uh, why would Why would a pastor rant uh, onto a podcast? I'm never listening to this show again. No, 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 no. Listen, you've been warned. It, don't blame me for how bad Noah's rant is. You are, you are, you fully have the choice right now. You're not a robot. We just talked about that. You, you're, you have choice as a human. Push stop right now. Push the end button on your podcast. If you continue listening this point forward, you cannot blame me. It is all your fault for listening to this episode's. Noah's Rant. Noah's Rant. Alright. Well, 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 folks. It is fall in Michigan. The leaves are turning colors. It's we're we're starting to brace for the ominous six-month winter coming. And uh, we went on a a little fall weekend vacation a few weeks ago. And I'll be honest, you know, COVID, haven't done a lot of vacationing. Uh, When we do sort of quote unquote vacation, it's typically to go visit my parents in Ohio or my wife's parents go to Florida for the winter, uh, for the winter. And so we go down there for a week. And that kind of usually is our time traveling, right? We have three kids and... We both work, and, you know, I mean, it just is what it is. Don't do a lot of extra tourism outside of that at this stage of our life. So, my wife, uh, she wanted to surprise our daughters. There is a uh, a very touristy place in Michigan at this point. Uh, we'll see if the Holy Spirit leads differently in a few minutes. I'm not going to share the name of it because I know you would, you would be appalled. You would be appalled. You'd never listen to the flip side again if you knew of the place that is so sacred, near and dear to your heart as a Michigander that I'm doing my rant about. Uh, But I'm not just doing my rant about that place. I'm doing my rant about all of tourism, all of it. This rant is against touristy tourism places, okay? Now look, I'm all about retreats and, and vacations and getting away. I'm all about going to see God's amazing creation in the mountains the oceans the forest hiking camping oh beautiful I that's that's what heavens gonna be tourism touristy tourism places on the other hand whoo that might be that, that might be what another place is like that, <laughs> I don't know yet if I'm allowed to just say that's what hell's like Because I I don't know if that's, uh, you know, Christian FCC compliant. So I'm not going to say that. I didn't say that. But let me tell you a little things about tourism. Okay, okay, okay. Think about all the touristy places you've ever been. And in Michigan, we got a lot. We got these beautiful places. But in order to, because they're beautiful, the pure Michigan people or whoever, (laughs) Tim Allen, uh, sets up, that's only Michigan people will get that joke. Uh, Tim Allen goes out and sets up all these touristy shops in all these touristy little towns. You know, because we, we got the Lakeshore, Lake Michigan, we got up north, we got all these places. Every one of them is the same. Every one of them is exactly the same. It's all, it's all overpriced ice cream and overpriced fudge. Oh, my goodness. W- what is up with Michigan and fudge? Fudge isn't even good. I mean, any day of the week, just give me a normal candy bar over fudge. Fudge is so sweet and buttery. Why not just take a stick of butter and dunk it in your jar of sugar and eat it? That's what fudge is. It's not even good. And yet, we have entire tourist towns that are built around going and buying extremely overpriced fudge. You can buy fudge anywhere. You can get fudge on Amazon. You can get fudge at the grocery store. There's nothing special or exotic about fudge. Well, in Michigan, people think fudge is like brown gold. And it only exists in Michigan. We're the fudge capital of the world. You can only grow fudge in Michigan. The soil of Michigan and the weather and the temperate climate is exquisitely balanced to grow fudge. We are the fudge capital of the world. And so we we have these entire tourist towns based around buying fudge. It is absolutely ridiculous. So here's what you do. You get your family together and it's stressful to pack up all your bags and you got other stuff you you need to get done too, like maybe a vision night or something like that. You know, maybe, maybe you're... Your livelihood is at stake, but no big deal. You're going to go on vacation, so you pack up all your bags, and you got three little kids, so you got to help them pack up all their bags, and you have all your lists. It's stressful because you don't want to forget your deodorant. You don't want to forget your toothpaste. You don't want to forget the underwear that you like to sleep in, all these things, right? So you finally get your stuff packed up. You go to the gas station, you spend a bunch of money on gas so you can drive somewhere really, really far away. And you spend a ton of money on a hotel. You know, sleeping at your house is free, which is awesome. But instead, you go to a hotel and you just shell out loads of cash, triple digits for a night, right? And and now you're in a hotel, you're sleeping in someone else's bed. Check this out, our hotel. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) One, it smelled like mold and mildew, so that was fun. Uh, and two, uh, it it <laughs> the lights, and I'm we didn't we didn't buy a one star hotel. Okay, this is what you get when you go to a hotel sometimes. the The way the wiring was, when you flip the light switch on in the in the at the front of the room, it like turned on and off the refrigerator, the microwave, the television, all that stuff was plugged into to plugs that were controlled by the lights at the front of the room. So we told the front desk that. We said, hey, we think a fuse blew in our room because our refrigerator broke. In fact, (laughs) it defrosted itself overnight. We turned the lights off to go to bed, and we didn't know that shut off the refrigerator. So we woke up, and there's a puddle of water on the ground because the... ice in the freezer all melted onto the ground and the front desk said oh no the lights at the front of the room control all that that's normal that's like that's how it's designed and set up okay so we're watching uh baseball playoffs on tv and what i what i wanted to do was turn off the lights in the room and keep the game on mute because my kids had fallen asleep and so we realized once we turn off the switch, the TV is going to turn off as well. So I literally got out uh, a chair and tried to try to climb up and unscrew the light bulb. It didn't work. I almost fell to my doom. I was not tall enough to reach the light bulb. So uh, we just had to turn off the switch and 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 no TV. And uh, <laughs> so that's the hotel we we shelled out triple digits to sleep in. So then we're at this place, this touristy place. And I'm telling you, what do you really do when you're on vacation? All you do is eat food and spend money on crap that you don't need. So this is how it works. You go to these restaurants and we were... Uh, a lot of the restaurants were closed because we're going in the fall and Michigan's touristy places are, are summer, summer touristy places. So some of these places, they, they're they literally closed for the season uh, now that it's October. So there weren't hardly any restaurants open, but there were a ton of tourists around. <laughs> so every restaurant was just packed with people. You literally, you couldn't get to-go food. Nobody was doing to-go because of uh, they just were too busy and slammed. And so uh, uh there's huge weights like hour plus weight anywhere that you want to eat and we literally are spending for a family of five um eighty dollars to eat just normal food out now i can eat at my house i can prepare a meal for my family i probably for six or seven dollars for everybody we're dropping 80 bucks a meal our hotel didn't have breakfast because of covid okay so we <laughs> We can go out to breakfast for $80 and and wait in line for an hour. If we like, by the time you wait in line for an hour and you eat your meal, uh you've you've invested uh 2 pl- hours plus of your day uh just to eat breakfast. By that time it's lunchtime. So guess what? You can get back in line again and wait an hour <laughs> to, to eat meal a meal and spend another $80. So just what you do, though, you eat food and then you walk around the touristy place. And what do you do to pass time? You just buy things. Oh, we need to buy T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats of this place with this place's name on it. No, we don't. This place is terrible. I don't ever want to remember this place again. No, no, no. That's what you do. That's what tourism is. You go to a place and spend tons of money on a hotel. You spend tons of money on fudge. Uh, you, you spend tons of money on food that you have to wait a really long time for. And then you spend tons of money on the sweatshirt and hat so that when your friends see you wearing the hat, they go, oh, you're so lucky you went to touristy place uh that's named on your sweatshirt i'm so jealous and you say oh yeah it was awesome we we did all these crazy fun things and and you really didn't you really hated it but you you can't admit that you can't admit that anywhere that you hated it because you spent all that money on it you you all your chips are in you you went all in on this you've got to tell everybody it was awesome so you take a couple pictures you force your kids to smile, you put them on Facebook, everybody thinks you had this charmed vacation, uh, but it was, it was actually miserable and you, you, you come home and you're exhausted and you go, I can't wait to get back to work so I can recover from that vacation I just took to touristy land, touristy town. Now listen, don't even get me started on Disney World. I think I'm going to have to save that for another rant because I'm exhausted right now. I'm exhausted just thinking about the weekend that we spent at touristy place Michigan. I can't even I can't even get into Disney World right now. I can't even get into it. But maybe I will another day. I will an, another day, but let's just say uh, Disney World Disney World. Disney World. You you got to know his rant coming to you, especially if I have to go there again. if if, if my wife makes me go there one more time. Oh my goodness, you, you better believe there's going to be a Noah's rant, maybe several on that. Uh, I'll be taking notes the whole time. We'll do a whole episode. I'll do a whole I'll do a whole flip side episode on Disney World as a Noah's rant. It'll be the longest Noah's rant ever if I ever have to go there again. And uh, let's just pray the Lord comes back because if he doesn't, I know I will end up being there again. I know that because we have three little kids and my wife wants to take them there. And, I, and guess what? Guess what, single people? That's what marriage is. Marriage is going to, it's its hard not to even use Christian swear words right now. I'm, I'm trying hard to not use adjectives. Marriage is going to Disney World. <laughs> trying not to use an adjective. Marriage is going to Disney World because your wife wants to go there with your three kids. I'm just praying Jesus comes back. You know, we're... I, I'm about to get all up on that end times bandwagon. You know what I'm saying? Like the signs and the earthquakes and the and the wars. Man, let's do it, Jesus. Come on back, baby. Before I have to go to Disney World again, please, please save me. Please spare me. How long, oh Lord? How long? Human emotion. I am human. It is okay for me to feel dread about having to go to Disney World again. Whoo, Man. Well, look, listen, listen. If you didn't know this already, Noah's rant exists to make the world a better place. And we did that today. I spared you. I spared you from your next tourist, tourism-y tourist vacation, and you are welcome. With that, we conclude episode 56 of the Flipside Podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Could you please leave a review on iTunes? Leave a review for Beyond the Battle at Amazon and Goodreads. It would make my day as a human it would make my emotions so happy and glad chase will be back with me next time i will see you then on the flip side the Flip Side with Noah Filippiak is a South Francis Press production. Copyright Noah Filippiak. www.noaflippiak.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at K Lake Music. used with permission. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found.
1: To them Tom Hanks, Lexus to them Andres Hoping oh, jacket my inner reverence Stressing for leverage that they see the king's tracks On the pavement leading to heaven Y'all, y'all, dripping in that gall that don't perish People selling fake, see the green around their belly taking refuge in his hands, see his palms my living quarters Close them when I'm finished, then it's time to bring me closer That's no purgatory, cause you in or you out When you see him in the clouds, then you know it's going down Raise them, raise them, raise them. They been sleeping for some ages. Now all gods, baby, so confused by this hatred. Poor Pit preacher shouldn't aim to be a list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? I'll <laughs> be put into redemption to the one who got them splinters, cause that cross is nothing pretty so out the beauty pageants, and caught up in emotions, and following your passions talking about freedom, all people need them more than an easter, or coffee shop discussions, debating over baristas please sir, this is why we inked up even when they do the autopsy they still see him, freedom, freedom freedom coming quickly, bars from the spirit, put it through the preamp and mix it like a chemist, put it in the airwaves and hoping that they hear it if there's some confusion, then I hope you See him clearly. Raise him, raise him, raise him. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all guys, baby. So confused by this hatred. Poor pit preacher shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but sure it's with your gaze is.